For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Over 5 million people play football in the USA and here to bring it to you in the raw, uncut, unadulterated is the undisputed number one sports show in Atlanta and abroad. 100 yards of football live from headquarters. It's more than a game, more than a show. It's where football blends culture, economics, and society. Tap in, tune in, and lock in to 100 yards of football now. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Welcome to 100 Yards of Football. Today we have a very, very college football special. Today we're going to highlight the 1979 Florida State Seminoles. A period in time that changed the whole face of that football program. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I was a sophomore at the University of Arkansas. I had no idea what Florida State was. I know they was in Tallahassee and they played Memphis State year in and year out. But what I saw in 79, I didn't see it coming because at that time, the football programs, the people that we was watching was USC, Oklahoma, Alabama. That was it. That was the three programs that took over the national level. But however, I remember, I want to say October the 24th, let me get it right. There was a team that played LSU and Baton Rouge. They was moving up in the polls. And I sat down in Buchanan Drake Hall as a sophomore at the University of Arkansas. I'm going to keep it real with a six-packer, Paps Blue Ribbon with some of my friends and some pizza. We're going to look over here and see what's going on with the Florida State Seminars. Why are they getting so much buzz? And right now, why are they highly ranked? So today... We're going to go back in time and talk about that great program to a young man that was one of the mainstays with that program that season. Darray Beach Finals. First round pick in the 1981 NFL draft. And the guy that laid a staple along with the team of Florida State, of Reggie Heron, Ron Simmons, Jackie Flowers, Dennis McKinnon, <laughs> Gary Henry, I hope I'm not missing some people. Keith Jones. I always say make no bones and make no issues. This gentleman right here should be respected. He should be loved and honored by you people at the Florida State Nation. 
because him and his teammates put y'all on the map. I'm sorry. It's no question about it. So if you like the video today, please come in and share as we talk about this great school and a great season of 1979. We're gonna, I'm going to ask him about certain games because he played a very serious part of their success. My man, the very talented, the very exciting, the guy who tells me all the time, look here, man, don't make no bones. When we talk about the draft, the 81 draft is clearly the best draft in NFL history. And he always tell me that. I threw a shot in him last week, so I'm not, uh, I said that Memphis had a receiver drafted and Florida State and Florida didn't. I hope he hasn't pulled anything against because we weren't on here last week. I love him to death. Thank you for being part of 100 Yards Football, Mr. Bobby Butler. How you doing, brother? Hey, best. I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me today. And um, let's get in it, man. Man, let's talk about the 79 season. Um, hey, man, y'all came out of the blue. Y'all started AP that season, 19th ranked. Mm-hmm. And um, let's talk about the first game, Southern Mississippi, man. Hmm. Ricky Floyd, Sammy Widener, two real good running backs. <laughs> But reason I start with that, you had a key interception in that game of four or five left. But that was a very physical football game. First game of the year, take us back in time. What was it like to get that win? Well, you know, when I look back on that time, Vincent, I think about our rivalry against Southern Miss my whole four years at Florida State. I mean, it, it was a good rivalry. Uh, we won them all, but it's not like we so dominated them. It was always a game. Right. And it goes back to my freshman year when they had a great running back named Gogo Hendry. A lot of people don't remember that name from Southern Miss. Special yes, player. Sir. Shout out to my, my boy, too, um, number one cornerback in 1981, Hanford Dixon. And so it, it was just a, a great time. They came to play ball. We came to play ball. You know, we won the game at the end of the game. Uh, we had a pick. We had a, a, a great punt return by Gary Hendry. I think also with about four minutes left in the game that really sealed the deal. But it, it, was, it was a great physical game. Anytime you play um, um, teams um, in, in the South, it's going to be a physical ball game, and we just happen to come on top. But this is what caught my attention mm-hmm. when I started watching on the next week. Y'all mm-hmm. play Arizona State down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Now, this Arizona State team that upset USC the previous year, mm-hmm. and then the Arizona State team – Mark Malone, mm-hmm. the great Gerald Riggs. Mm-hmm. They had two freshmen that played in the National Football League, Vernon Maxwell and Mike Richardson. Mm-hmm. Mike Richardson won the starting cornerbacks on the 85 Chicago right. Bears team. Right. But what I took from that game, that's when I kind of started gravitating to Florida State because that night, y'all held them to 43 yards rushing. Right. And Ron Simmons became a big state. At that time, Ron Simmons, a lot of people don't know it. I would consider him the best defensive tackle in the country. Mm-hmm. No but the impressive performance on Arizona State, mm-hmm. was it that y'all were looking to be that impressive and, and that easy taking that Arizona State team that had previously the year upset USC? Well, well remember, uh, Vincent, we can go back to the very beginning, beginning, right? Coach Bowden, we're, we were Coach Bowden's first recruited class. And Ron Simmons was the key recruit in that class, hands down, out of Warner Robins, Georgia, who had just won the national championship in high school the previous year with James Brooke, Jimmy Womack, 
just to name a, a, a few off of that high school team in Warner Robins. But um, we put it together. Um, when my freshman year we came in, it was about a handful of us that played um, as true freshmen. And uh, we had some sophomores there and some juniors there who were still playing a big role in what we did, even though they didn't win many ball games when they first got there. But they were really good football players. And when we put it all together, man, we, 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 we started doing what we do. Now, um, on that team, um, especially my freshman year, we had a guy named Jimmy Higgins, who was a great college coach at Florida State. And we had a guy named Aaron Carter, who I'm going <laughs> to have on my legend show next week. You know, a lot of people don't know this. Five, eight and a half, five, nine, maybe. You know, 185-pound middle linebacker who still today, with all the great players that come through FSU history, is still the all-time leading tackler at Florida State gonna have wow. him on next week but we're gonna we're gonna visit that but we we had some pieces that were put together ron was one of them but we had guys like mark mossick we had um, reggie herring and paul porowski in that class keith jones and see some of these guys wouldn't be five-star athletes today vincent but one thing i always say with the data you know it's always good to have a five-star but you ever notice guys like sauce Gardner, who just came out of Cincinnati, was the number one pick, you know, for the Jets, was a three-star coming out of high school. So stars don't matter. At the end of the day, Keith Jones could play football. Reggie Harry can definitely play football. Paul, Paul Perales could play football. We had guys who could play. And guys who played at a high level in high school, so when we got there, hey, we were all winners. And when we put all us together, bro, bro, we didn't know no other way but to win. And we, the formula was there. The players was there. And the most important piece, we had the head man leading it that got us there. Mr. Bobby Bowden. Yes, Moving on in the 79 season, I think this, and just doing my research, I think this was a game that really kind of put y'all to it going where Florida State started to feel like a program. Y'all beat your arch rival, Miami, 40 to 23 that year. Mm-hmm. But the defense played excellent that night, four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, just total dominance. And that was a Miami team that had Chris Hobbs, mm-hmm. who was from Tallahassee, Fred Marion. That's right. The thing about Fred Marion, people don't know, is that he's a big dealership here in Douglasville. A hundred, uh, I want to say Hyundai dealership. Uh-huh. Uh, bought my wife's car from there. Uh, a very talented team, but that game, looking back on it, y'all really made a statement on the national level. Take us back to that evening. Was was in the defense, like I said, four interceptions and just played at another level. Well, you, you know, that team, the Miami team was loaded with star talent, right? We can start with the quarterback. A lot of people don't remember that Jim Kelly was a quarterback for the Hurricanes at that time, right? And we know Jim Kelly would be an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, played in four Super Bowls. But, Vincent, again, um, we had guys who played well together. The def- our defensive coordinator was quite meticulous in his coaching, coached every little detail. And we couldn't do wrong from a technique standpoint and performance. We had to give it up, bro, because we were mm-hmm. great. At it. We were great at it. And if you didn't grade high, next week you're going to be on that pine. And so that was just it. You know, your technique better be right. 
and you better be putting it out. And on defense in particular, the, the biggest the biggest things you can do in performance for, for Coach Stanton was to get to that ball. You need to run to that ball. So let's give you an example of how we were coached. Playing cornerback, let's just say, and I want y'all to get a picture of this. Let's say I'm playing left corner on the wide side of the field because I was the strong corner. Playing to the wide side of the field, covering the best receiver. But imagine playing that corner out wide to the left and they throw a go route in the boundary on the other corner. All right? Now, mm -hmm. when we watch the film the next day, if my body don't appear in the film before we go to the next play, he's going to check that off as a loaf, like I'm not hustling. So I was wow. I'm playing way wide on the other side of the field, and when they throw that ball deep on the other side, when that camera gets smaller and start, just start watching the play itself, if my body don't get in the frame, I'm going to have to run extra on that next month. So it made us run. And if my technique, if I was too high in my back pedal, I got a minus for that. So every play, we were performing at a high level because of how our coach coached the details in our performance and technique. And because as a unit, we played that way, you know, it brought us all together as a team. Because you never saw a running back run the ball against us and you didn't have five, six guys on the ball. We are always around the ball. You know, getting it in. So that's part of uh, what made our defense so great um, as to how we were coached. I know you talk about Jack, Jack Stanton, your defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And I know on several other conversations, you really talk about him very highly. What made him so good and made your defense so good that year? What, what was the things that stuck out about him? And how did he influence your career? Obviously, oh, he developed you into a first-round pick. Absolutely. Well, see, here's the thing, Vincent. You, you, you hear this term about coaches, you know, and, and when you get these hard coaches, right, players don't want to play for hard coaches, right? But these hard coaches like Jack Stanton, and then when he left and came to the Falcons, he coached me two years in Atlanta as well. Um, they got Mickey Andrews, who's another hard coach, tough, disciplinarian, and coached everybody mm -hmm. the same. Didn't have no favorites. He'll dog you out just like he'll dog Ron Simmons out, just like he'll dog me out. He'll dog the All-Americans out. You got to give it to him. He didn't care who you was. You know, no favorites because we're all in this thing together, right? Now, when you play for guys like that and you have any kind of ability and you buy in to his coaching, you're going to play far beyond your ability. And if you get athletes like we had playing beyond their ability, all you have is number one, number two ranked defense in the country your last two years in college. That's what it, that's what it boiled down to. He had his knee in our back, and we took the coaching. Right, let, let, let me tell you a special time. Let me tell you a special time. And, you, and, you, and you're not going to get to it because this is my senior year. My senior year, our defense didn't give up a touchdown in the fourth quarter the whole season. And here we was. Vincent playing our very last game of the year in Tallahassee. The seniors were getting ready to go out in style. And Florida, in the end of the fourth quarter, first and goal on the goal line. And they ran the dive play, and of course, Ron Simmons stood it up and stopped it. 
And everybody come around, we gave him that. Second player ran off tackle. Mark Mossick, raise your hair, make the tackle. You know, everybody getting a little bit more that. Third down, they ran the pass. I knocked it down. Everybody started going crazy. And they come to the line, fourth and goal. And they tried to run a dive, got jump over the top. And we had a corner blitz. And me and James Harris met him in the backfield, the other corner, and caught him, caught, caught him before he can get up in the air. And the place went crazy. And the players, the fact that against our arch rival, they had an opportunity to score us in the fourth quarter, which nobody did that whole year. And we stopped them like that. There's nothing like that, man. You know, we won the game, but we to this day, we talk about that goal line stance against Florida all the time. So it was just a bunch of guys who was coached hard, coached well by Coach Stanton, and guys who were willing to give it up pay the price that we had to pay to get the job done. And we got it done. When I, one thing I can say about that defense too, we play so well together because if you go back to my freshman year, that football team, that defense, my freshman year was full of athletes. Bobby Jackson, Nat Terry, Ira Joe Hunter, Mike Kincaid, Aaron Carter at the middle linebacker. Jimmy Higgins, the other middle linebacker who ran a 9-600-yard dash. You know, Willie Jones on one defensive end. You know, you got Ron Simmons in the middle. You know, you got Mark Mossick, right? You got uh, uh, um, uh, Louis Richardson, uh, left tackle. You got A. Smith. We got all those players, bro. I mean, they were big-time players, right? And then when they left, you know, our defense – as far as athleticism, we didn't have that kind of athleticism. Okay, you had me, you had Ron Simmons, right? Keith Jones wasn't very athletic. Monk Bonasart wasn't very athletic, but Monk Bonasart led the nation in interceptions a couple of times before he left Florida State. We played so well together, and we knew where the next guy was going to be. And there's nothing like having that unity and knowing where your teammate's going to be Oh, bro, ain't nothing like that. And so we were that team that played so well together. Um, we depended on each other. And, and here's the other thing. When you have a team that faces the adversity, the things that we had to go through in that program, see, people don't know, Vincent. Florida State, you come to Florida, everybody couldn't play at Florida State. Yes, sir. Because there was a price to pay. And see, like, people don't get it. We, I, I, I can remember some of our top athletes, you know, they would come in as freshmen, play a little bit as freshmen. And then we'll get to the winter workouts where we lift weights Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, we have mat drills. And mat drills were so intense, guys was quitting. We're talking about in the offseason, bro. And so... But what was the mat drills like? Paint uh, a picture right now of mat drills. Let, let me, all right, let me give you a picture. Now, I, you know, I, I don't know what hell like, and I'm not, I'm never going to find out what it's like because I believe I'm, I'm saved and I'm going to be with my father when I leave here. But, but the only way to describe it is what you think hell would be. 
the room would be 100 degrees. The first time I walked through there and uh, going to my classes, it was in the field house. And I walked through the cafeteria and all the tables were up. And I saw the wrestling mat down on the floor. And I saw six garbage cans on one end of the wall and then six garbage cans on the other end. Bro, I didn't know what that was. I'm like, this looks strange. But I know we had mat drills. I never knew anything about Mat drills, Vincent, is 14, let's say 14 agility drills. It's only 14. Going to take you 45 minutes to get through them. All right? 45 minutes, 14, 14 drills. And you get five guys to go together. And the first, and I'm like I told you, the temperature in the room is 100 degrees on purpose, right? And what they do, you have a coach in front of those five, and he'll break you down. And when he break you down, you got to break down, and you got to start running in place and screaming. Ah! All five, all five got to be screaming. Ah! And then when he, when he hit it, you got to dive out on that mat chest first. If you don't go chest first, we start over. So everybody got all five got to be perfect. The break down, ah, hit it, dive out, bam. And then when you hit the ground, you get up running. Ah, and then there's drills we do, right? And if you don't do the drills right, you start over. And then once you do the drills right, you do all these drills he got to do, shuffling from side to side, shuffling to side, going back, going, going up, going down, right? You do it right, he'll do this motion. And what that means is, you got to roll out, you got to roll out, and you sprint 20 yards to the other coach at the end. He'll, he's on that wall with those six garbage cans. And you got to get in front of him, sprint to him, ah, until he break you off, right? Well, it didn't take me long to find out what those garbage cans were. Everybody was throwing up in the garbage <laughs> can. And you couldn't, and see, the thing is, once you throw up, you can't go see the team doctor. Can't go see the medic, the trainer. You throw up and you get your butt back in line. So that's what Matt Drill is about. And it was 14 drills. And there was no joke. And to make that, to go through those kind of things as a team together. So you learn in the Matt Drills, if you're going with the wrong guy, you, you can't go with that guy. So that's what brought me, Keith Jones, Monk Bonasar. James Harris, and Ira Joe Hunter. That's what brought us together the secondary because we went up there and went to work. We would never go with anybody but us group right there. And so we're going through this hard place, working hard together, going through hell together, right, and getting through it. And at the end of the day, you know, we, 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 we begin to bond and we get closer, not only just on the field, but off the field. And there's nothing like that. Right quick. Let's talk about the LSU game. Obviously, the game that really, in my opinion, put your program over the top. Talk about mm -hmm. that game and talk about how important it was to really win that football game and what it done for you for the state afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're going to that game. Of course, we're undefeated, right? Um, you know, they got they got a great team. Um, they've got um, Ensmerger and they got um, Wolfley. They they had a a, a, a dual a dual quarterback system like we did because we had Jimmy Jordan and Wally Woodham. Whoever's hot, they're going to play. 
And Jimmy Jordan had a great day that day, throwing that ball all over the field. And then we found out that their great secondary that was called the Soul Patrol had holes in it. And Jackie Flowers, Sam Platt, and a freshman named Hardis Johnson on the edge was burnt. They could not cover those guys, right? And that was one of the things that we had. We talk about our defense a lot, but what we had, perimeter players that nobody in the country could handle. And we had quarterbacks who can deliver the ball. And so when you have that and, and also had the ability to pound the football, we always had a thousand yard rush in the backfield every year. And in that particular year, we had the great Mark Lyles, who was 6'4", 235 pounds, you know, running the ball in our backfield. And then on defense, bro, they had, you know, they had um, um, th those great guys. They had my homeboy, Carlos Carson, on the edge. Um, they had Orlando McDaniel was one of the receivers. And then they had Hokie Gajon, who was a great college, um, a hard-nosed, run-between-the-tackles guy. And at the end of the day, we were more physical than they were. And so, and then on the edge, they could not handle what we had on the edge on our offense. Now, another key point, been wanting to ask you this question for a long time now. Mm -hmm. You more or less, quote unquote, had Olympic speed mm -hmm. back when you was playing then. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out South Carolina game. Mm -hmm. Defense played excellent. Mm -hmm. All right, brother. Help me understand, how did George Rogers break that 80-yard touchdown off when you was on the field? That's, that's a good question, right? You, hey, hey, I got another buddy of mine who said the same thing. He broke out for 80 yards and, and tell everybody back home he outran me, O.J. Anderson. And, and you know that's not possible, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible. It's not possible. You know, that night uh, was a peculiar night because that's the only play George had the whole night, man. Yes. I mean, we banged him all night, and then all of a sudden, bam. Well, what happened is the way we played our defense, um, uh, it, it was a little different. We had a read technique that we used to see who had sky support or cloud support. Like in, 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 in most defenses, if you're playing cover three, you know, your strong safety's got support, right? And so you know he's got support. The cornerback is in coverage. So what we had to do, um, Vincent, we had to read who had support, all right? So I did have cloud support, but I went on to take on the receiver, right? And when I went to hit the receiver to drive him back, he cut my legs. Okay. And I'm face down in the dirt, and George gone, right? So by the time I got up, George was gone, gone, right? And so um, it was a great play on his behalf, and you know, that guy ended up being in our class, the number one draft choice in 1981. Um, great NFL ball player, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, he, he got that one, but I wish we could have took that one back. Because actually, after the game, talking to George, George said, I was so scared, man. He said, because when before the game, see what we did to him, Vincent, that night, it was homecoming. And we were 8-0, and they were 8-0, right? And both of us was ranked in the top 10. And right before we come out the dugout, the tunnel, they cut the lights out in the stadium. And the Seminole face that's at the 50-yard line, mm -hmm. they have fire around it. And so when the lights went out, you know, if you were field level, you can see the fire in the center of the field. And then Chief Osceola on the back of Renegade, our horse, they lit the spear with fire on the back of the spear in front of our tunnel 
And he runs out. Now it's dark now. He runs out to the 50 yard line and throw that spear within that fire and the place erupted, right? George said he knew then they were in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But they played well. Uh, we, we won the game and, and, and George, George got his yards because he had that one play. And then at the end of the year, the Florida game, um, this is the game that I think put you in a lower of uh, that help you make your money. Like the great Horace Brown. One for the money. Two for the show. Three to get the honeys. Here we go. Here we go. Brother, that game against Florida and Chris mm-hmm. Collinsworth. Right. Five pass breakups, five tackles, one interception. The battle you had against Collinsworth, mm-hmm. that year you could have went in the first round of the NFL draft. To me, that was a game that cemented you as a surefire first-round NFL draft pick. Now, I'm just asking, right. was it that game right there? That was, I think that was probably the game that really got me over the hump because I had some games, the Mississippi State game I played early in the year against Marty McDowell. I didn't allow him one catch. And my job that day was to cover Marty McDowell only. I didn't get that. We, we, didn't, we didn't play like that back then. I didn't go to the, the, the dominant receiver all the time, right? So even when Chris Collinsworth lined up on the weak side, I was a strong corner. I lined up to the strength. We didn't do that because of our scheme, right? And so, um, but Marty McDowell, Mississippi State, which was one of the most physical games I ever played played uh, in college, um, I had a great night. Um, and then also, you know, LSU was a decent game for me. wasn't a great game, but it was a decent game. And you know, every time we played the big teams, Vincent, I showed up. You know, I showed up and I played pretty good. And so I would say the Florida game helped solidify that. And then after the Florida game, the Oklahoma game definitely put a period on top of the eye because that wasn't a passing game. That was a hitting game, bro. You know, that was a physical game. You had to bring the thunder. And plus they had the Heisman Trophy winner. They had some backs, you know, J.C. Watts, uh, Billy Sims, they had – David Overstreet, they had Stanley Wilson, just to name those guys. And so they were loaded. And so when you flip the game, uh, Florida threw the ball that year 50-something times against us. And then you go into an Oklahoma game who threw the ball maybe four times that night, right? And it was all about physicality and running the football. And then I had some great plays in there. I had some plays where I played linebacker when they went tight, everybody tight, you know, I'm playing middle linebacker, taking on lead blockers and making um, tackles in the backfield. You know, one, uh, when they get in the red zone, they had me playing almost right behind the middle linebacker. And my job was to run the pitch down. And I had a great play. One time Billy was running to the right and uh, he cleared the corner and David Overstreet was leading. And I dove over David and knocked Billy out of bounds and knocked it down and started talking trash to him. And so... I mean- Yes, yeah, I remember. So, you know, that game was very physical. And, and when, when you when you listen to that game on TV, the Telebass version, I don't know the guy who was calling the game, but I, I remember when I listened to it, he kept saying this. He said, the way they're tackling, they can't keep this up. They can't keep this up. And then every time I come in there, then one time I hit Billy helmet to helmet, his head went one way, my bam. 
He said, I don't know how they're going to keep doing this all night, right? But, you know, we were ready for that. We were ready for that. Um, and that was a game really, truly, the first year we played Oklahoma that really let us know that we had arrived, but we really wasn't there yet. You follow me? Mm-hmm. You know, because that game, we lost that game 24 to 7. I mean, you know, they, you know, they won the game. But, you know, we were out there playing the best of our ability. And we come back and got a chance to play in the next year. And they only had 45 yards rushing. And we ended up losing the game anyway by one point. Looking back on the 79 season. Well, looking back at the time at Florida State. Mm-hmm. When you committed to them. Did you really, in your heart, did you think that y'all can win at a high level? Did you see that four that down the road? I, I did not, to be honest with you. All I can tell you, Vincent, why I chose Florida State is because I, when I met Coach Bowden, I, 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 tr- I believed everything he said to me. And it was just a feeling. And so anytime I talk to a kid to this day and they talk about, well, where should I go? What, what's the better place? I say, listen, your heart got to tell you what, where to go. You know, because I went to Florida State and like I say, through my Pop Warner years to my high school years, we were always playing for titles, right? And then I get to Florida State. Florida State had only won five games the year before. And, and previous to that, only four games the, pre, the, the, the previous three years. And so it wasn't like all this tradition was at Florida State. I just know it felt right when I met Coach Bowden and I decided and told my mom, I want to play for this guy. But then when we start working and we got together, I knew that we were in a special place. Because I, I, yeah, I remember going into the true freshman, looking at the schedule, and writing down the teams who I thought we could beat and who I didn't think we could beat. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't think we could, could beat Oklahoma State because they had Terry Miller, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't think we could beat Florida because if you, if you don't know that Florida team back, back in 77, you know, that team had Wes Chandler, Terry LeCount, uh, Willie Green, uh, I'm sorry, Willie Wilder, Tony Green, and they had about four or five Gaffney brothers on that team. Bruh, they were loaded. And we beat the snot out of them in, in, in Gainesville my freshman year. And so I would have never thought we could have won those games, and we won them. Uh, we lost to a San Diego State team, which I'm still trying to figure out how that happened, but we did. And, um, and we lost a fluke game to Miami in Tallahassee my freshman year. And so we were 10-2, and two, and, um, and we played Texas Tech in, a, in the Tangerine Bowl and, and beat them pretty bad. Taking one thing away from the 79 season mm-hmm. and looking at how college football was kind of, as I said, they had the big schools that kind of controlled it back then, UNC, mm-hmm. Alabama. Oklahoma, those are schools then. Oh, no doubt. When you left Florida State and what y'all did in the back-to-back years going to the Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. did you think that the seminars were going to keep ascending? Did you think that you had set that foundation as a player? Well, well you know, Vincent, you don't really think that way. You know, you, you go – hoping that they continue to win so you can brag about them, right? And, yes, sir. Um, um, because when we left my senior year, I think they had a little lull a year or two. I mean, they were still good, 
but they had, I think, a little low. But then again, bruh, it got hot in the, in the mid-'80s, uh, recruiting guys like Deion Sanders, Jamie Dukes, you know, Leroy Butler, you know, um, um, all those guys, man, who, who made a difference and turned the program around. It got very exciting. And then and, and here's the thing. Two reasons why I believe Coach Bott was able to continue to recruit that way for a long time. Number one, he was a man of his word. He was genuine. He ain't going to lie to you. When he tell your mama in the recruiting process that I'm going to take care of Bobby just like he's my own son, he, he, he meant that. And you can mess up 200 times, he's going to bring you back 201 times because he wouldn't turn his back on his own children. He never turned his back on us. If you got kicked out of our program, there was something really wrong with you. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, because even the, even the alumni didn't like it. We had knuckleheads on the team. He would not kick them off the team. And the first time a guy got kicked off the team, it was like this. I mean, this guy, he's a year behind me. He was messing up from his freshman year all the way to his junior year. And I forget what he did this particular night. And Coach Bowden said, look, man, you know, I, we've been trying to get him. I don't know what to do. So he met with the seniors. That was my senior year. He said, look, I'm going to let y'all vote and decide. We were in a meeting for 30 seconds. I guess we, we, he got to go. <laughs> and so the seniors, Coach Bowden couldn't do it. You know, but he kept getting in trouble. And so, but he really needed to go. So we got rid of the guy. The seniors did. But that's just kind of guy he was. You know, he's going to stick with you through thick and thin. You know, he loved you like you were his own children. And, and, and there's nothing more special than that. As we're in this great video today, Florida State, Lord have mercy. Boy, 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 you put him on the map. You, Scott Warren, Reggie Heron, Ron Simmons, Gary Henry. Gee, boy. Hardest Johnson, Jackie Flowers. Looking back at the school, what made it so special to play at Florida State during that time? Well, think about What's special about the well, school well, in Tallahassee? Well, here's a special thing. about We had a special head coach, number one, right, who we all love, and we will all go through a brick wall for this guy, right? We didn't want to let that man down. Number two, there's a lot of females in Tallahassee, y'all. <laughs> Just in case y'all didn't know, Back in those days, it was eight to one, eight girls to every one boy. And then for the brothers and for the for the soul white boys, there was a school that was right across the street called Florida AM. We know it as Fam U. It was five to one over there. So Tallahassee was a great place to be, Vince. <laughs> for a lot of for a lot of reasons, right? <laughs> So, so it was a special time. And then for us to start the winning the way we did um, when Florida State had not won since pretty much since the late 60s, early 70s, um, when Gary Huff was playing, um, you know, the people just caught on. It was an exciting time. I mean, we, we were like rock stars in Tallahassee. You know, you go to a small little, you know, it, it, that's a government city, right? But it's still a small city, Tallahassee. And uh, everywhere we went, man, we were like rock stars, right? And so so it was a special time, and um, it, it was nothing like it. You know, even when I go back to Tallahassee now, Tallahassee is so developed compared to 
how it was back then. Even the campus is not the same campus that it used to be. The practice field, of course, is not the same. And of course, you know, the, the, the game field, you go in there, it's not the same field because we only set 35,000 when I first went to Tallahassee, right? And so uh, it was a special time. And so to see the program start there, begin there, and to see where it is today, man, every time I walk in there, I do, I do this because I know we had a lot to do with that. Before we end our show today, we'd like to mention one more time, this show is presented by Bet Online. Well, it's been outstanding. It's been wonderful this morning to look back on the 79, the 1979 Florida State Seminars and a quest to be one of the better programs in the country. This young man, Mr. Bobby Butler, played a mainstay in the program. And when you think about Florida State football, and when I do my research, I go throughout the history of that football program. It started in 79. And it started with this young man right here playing at a high level. So if you like the video today, please come in and share. We surely appreciate it here on 100 Yards Football. Mr. Butler, your final words about your school, Florida State. Well, well Vincent, I, I, I just like to share with people how special the time was for me get going there. And, you know, honestly, just not knowing, but had that feeling in my heart that something was going to happen special under the leadership of Coach Bobby Bowden and then becoming a man. Because the guy who coached me was not, he was no joke. And he had, like I say, he had his knee in our back all the time, but he made us who we were. That guy made me into All-American football player. That guy made me, Jack Stanton, made me a first-round draft pick because I bought into what he was coaching, how he was coaching, and and did everything he asked me to do and, uh, and played beyond my ability. And there was nothing like that. And so... Um, the fruit of that was a 12-year NFL career. And then also he coached me two years in Atlanta. And um, um, and I needed him to be there at that time because it was a time where I, I couldn't understand all this losing we were doing, looking at the personnel, knowing, knowing we had the personnel in Atlanta, but just not winning. And he came at a very pivotal time for me and kind of helped me get my head screwed on the right way again. And then when he left, you know, I kept going up like this. I was ready to go the rest of my career. So I'm so thankful to the Florida State family for everything that they've done in my life and everything that they mean to me today. As I said, if you liked the video today, please come and share. We surely appreciate it here at 100 Yards Football to our producer who's making it happen today. And I'm going to get his name right, Mr. Jeremiah Long. Thank you, sir. God bless. Only thing I can think about Florida State back then in 1979 under the leadership of the great Bobby Butler. One for the money, two for the show, three to get the honeys. Here we go. Here we go. Tallahassee was on fire. If you like the video today, please come in and share it. It's been wonderful talking about the 1979 Florida State Seminars with Mr. Bobby Butler. Be blessed. And please have your heart right. Because if you don't, you will be exposed. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the week here on 100 Yards of Football. What is your favorite moment from football history? What teams and players are you cheering on? And who will win it all? We want to hear from you, our listeners. Head over to 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and leave us a comment. We might use your suggestion in an upcoming episode. 
tune in daily to the podcast, and watch our show live every week. We are 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.